Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. And today, I actually want to give the first word to Coach Steve Kerr, because even though I think he was a little bit more critical of the team than I would be, it's a good kind of way to set the tone for what Warriors-Lakers Part 3 was. You know, over over 82 games, sometimes uh, this is what you get. It's you know, it's a it's a long haul and a grind, and uh, I didn't think there was much energy on either side tonight. I get where he's coming from. This was a game that was overwhelmingly sloppy, just from both teams. The Warriors had some mistakes, especially on the kind of on the defensive end, but a few ugly turnovers that could have been corrected. And then the whole fourth quarter was just a little bit of a mess. And I attribute more of that probably than Coach Kerr does to playing that weird dynamic of starters when the game is pretty much out of hand and they kind of slack off a little bit because, you know, they're, they're trying to not get hurt and everything like that. But anyway, so the Warriors had some correctable errors and everything like that. But the biggest takeaway outside of the injuries, and I'll talk about that in a second, is just how good an offensive player and what a stabilizing force Kevin Durant is. He was plus 36 in this game, 33 minutes, and we should mention Clay was also plus 35. They both had really good, they both had good performances, but Durant really did provide that offensive stability. He was able to to get his shots pretty much whenever, and sometimes he settled a little bit just because he had guys on this Lakers team that's just bereft because of injuries that he can handle that he sometimes when you're that confident in your shot and getting it off you can take a deep two when could have gotten to the lane and things like that but the Warriors still had more than enough to get through it and it is the benefit you know I've talked in the last couple days actually this week about schedule losses a lot and so that the Warriors benefited partially because of the schedule against with the Lakers game on Wednesday and then the Pacers game on Monday with teams that either due to circumstance or due to respect for the Warriors, chose to prioritize the other game in the series. Today was the kind of the other side of the good team coin, which is that sometimes your best is just, or even not your best, is enough to win. So this the Warriors did not play super well in this game, but got more than enough. And one of the big, if you want to call it, differentiators of this game was was in the interior. And so the Warriors ended up taking 24 shots in the restricted area, which is a lot. And they made 20, though. So 80% is a lot more. League average is around 60. I think it usually ends up being maybe even a little bit better than that. But the Lakers were 14 of 28. They were 50%. And some of that goes to, you know, Draymond Green playing some good defense and, and everything like that. Durant, I think, had a couple of nice moments. But a lot of it is also just personnel. The Warriors have better finishers than the Lakers do and are better at contesting it, particularly with, you know, the Lakers just dealing with all this stuff they have. Both their starting backcourt was out, D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young, Julius Randle. Not that any of those guys are particularly good defenders, though Nick Young actually cares this year, which is a, a meaningful change. And the Warriors had this mix because in the first quarter, they played pretty good defense. They did a nice job of forcing the Lakers into shots they didn't want to take, and they didn't make those shots. And then later on, it got it got worse, but they did enough to, to really keep it 
you know, comfortable. And this is a Warriors team that is going to have more games like this where they're ahead. They're almost definitely going to win, but they haven't put the other team away. And fans should acknowledge or should understand the complications that come from that, which is something we saw in the third quarter. So not going to say that if the Warriors had played better, had really kind of dominated, ended the game in the first half or at the beginning of the third quarter, that the weirdness that happened with Draymond Green and Ian Clark would not have occurred. Because third quarter, even in a blah, you don't you don't assume that time is going to be garbage time. And this Warriors roster actually doesn't really have enough personnel to make that work. But it certainly does make it less likely. And so what happened on the play was it was a defensive possession. And Ian Clark got knocked over through the course of the play while Draymond Green was defending Lou Williams. And Draymond basically fell on Lou Williams and to make matters worse he he turned his ankle on the first part of it and x-rays were negative he Draymond thinks he's going to play on Saturday against the Wolves we'll see but he also as he was falling hit either his shin or his knee on Ian Clark's throat it looked really bad at first for Clark it looked uncomfortable for Draymond and bad for Clark but the initial concerns were concussion those as of what I have heard at this moment are not that's not what's happening it's more of the throat issue and everything which still is incredibly uncomfortable but is very different than a concussion and obviously we all know the stigmas that are on concussions right now so those sorts of things happen it's a big part of the reason why I am so vehemently opposed to keeping the starters in unnecessarily because yeah it does slightly you know makes a one percent chance maybe a zero percent chance of, of losing the game but it also puts those guys at a non-zero chance of, of a weird injury, and there is nothing that can be done to prevent that or eliminate that risk, which is exactly the reason why you don't have those guys play in the first place. So that part of the game was not was not the issue, and, and for those who remember, Kevin Durant actually banged knees with someone, I think it was Larry Nance, later in the game, and it looked like that might have been bad, but it ended up being, it looks like it was going to be okay. So those sorts of things can happen. It's why Coach Kerr needs to do more to trust the bench and kind of everything of that ilk. But the overall record of this game, if you want to call it that, is just that the Warriors don't necessarily need their best to beat everybody. And they got fortunate. Let's say, they got fortunate because the Lakers didn't have their ability to play their best. I mean, the Lakers did beat the Warriors by 20 in LA early this year, but that was the aberration of aberrations for so many different reasons. But the Warriors are going to have those games and other teams are going to have them against the Warriors too. So it's a long season. There's no way to avoid this. And there is a level of, I mean, it's not really irony, but that's kind of amusing because while the day after Thanksgiving, this was not a back-to-back, in many ways, it had the hallmarks of a back-to-back because late travel, I am i don't know for sure, but I'm assuming the Warriors traveled at a different time due to the holiday. And I don't think they, they, they practiced all day. I think Coach Kerr talked about that. But it still wasn't a day off, and so so it's one of those things where you where the you know doesn't doesn't go in the game logs as being a back to back, but really it was, and both teams played that way. And now the Warriors play on an actual back to back, and they're going to play Minnesota. We don't know what's going on with Clark and with Green for sure, and it poses a very interesting question, which is if Draymond Green cannot play in the game on Saturday, what do the Warriors do? And if it were a more important game, if it were a playoff game, if it were something like that, the most logical answer would be just play Durant at the four, play Andre Guadalla, and then balance the backup minutes a little bit differently. But 
that is a little bit too much probably to ask for a regular season game off a of back-to-back. Durant played 33 minutes tonight. They're traveling, not a big travel day, but still something. And I expect that if Draymond is unable to play, and the current indications are that he expects to, that Kevon Looney would probably be the starter because they just don't really have that many other guys. And the reason that matters a lot more against Minnesota than most teams is because the person who plays power forward is probably going to be guarding Carl Anthony Towns. Towns is a monster. Towns has been a fabulous player. And due to the lineups that Tom Thibodeau is choosing to play for them, Broadly speaking, teams are putting their centers on Gorgie Jang, who they're starting next to Carl Anthony Towns. They're both big men of different ilks. And with Zaza Pachulia in particular, you do not want to put Zaza on Carl Anthony Towns. I think Towns is going to light him up whenever that happens on a switch or a scramble or anything anyway. So you want to have the other guy do that. So the Warriors could go with some really off-the-wall things if they wanted to, you know, even play JaVale. But Looney's probably their best bet there, assuming they don't want to go, you know, more aggressive in playing Durant. So I, you know, nobody ever wants a player to miss a game, but it would be a compelling test for Coach Kerr to see what he can do if that is the circumstance that presents itself. So it'll be an open question. Uh, Something else that was notable today, it's Warriors related, but not Golden State Warriors in the direct sense, is that uh, first round pick Damian Jones played in his first game. He was with the Santa Cruz Warriors. They actually lost to the Sioux Falls Sky Force, but Jones played 22 minutes. He had two points, seven rebounds, two assists, and a block. And great to see him on the court, just that he's that he's out there. Heard different kind of things in terms of when he could potentially join the Warriors. There's been some optimism, but it's one of those things that with a pectoral he had a torn pectoral muscle, which I believe occurred shortly before the draft. And the Warriors have gone through this kind of rotation of different centers and trying out different things. And not only do they have a greater investment in Jones than basically any of those guys, but he has a a degree of physical potential that most of them cannot match. So when he gets into, when he gets a chance, will, will he kind of supplant McAdoo? Will he supplant Anderson Vergeau or will they go with the approach of giving him more reps in the D league? And that is a big benefit to having a D-League affiliate that is relatively close geographically. They can strike this balance in a different way. The Lakers actually, even though they have a close D-League affiliate, ran into this issue. It's it's an, a good illumination of how this can be a complication for teams. So Zubach, their second round pick, who's doing pretty well, he is with their D-League team right now. I think they're traveling somewhere. And even though the Lakers have like three guys that were inactive in this game that that didn't dress because they have various injuries, Zubac wasn't with the team. He actually could have played tonight. It would have been good to get those minutes. And so the front office will just have to make those decisions and it can be a a day-by-day, game-by-game basis. But how they choose to manage that especially given the the personalities and everything else involved, will be significant. And so it's something that I'm going to be watching once it becomes clear that that Jones is ready to actually join the big squad. And it will be a challenge. It's something that they, they basically kept Looney up this whole year and thought that that benefit was there. And so maybe they'll use that approach. Maybe they'll be a little bit more judicious about it. But whatever it is, that will be notable in its own way, shape, or form. And also, as it's something that I watch and write about for The Athletic almost every game, I'm keeping an eye on what what the order of certain players coming into the game is and how they do. So in this game, before he got hurt, Ian Clark was the first backup shooting guard in. He he came in instead of McCaw in the first quarter, played reasonably well, nothing nothing too ground-shaking. And then 
JaVale McGee was the first big in for Pachulia, so he made that sub. Did fine, again, not not setting the world on fire, but still did a nice nice enough job. And then McGee didn't play again until the fourth quarter, partially because Pachulia got some minutes in the second. He actually did a pretty good job in this game. He just was was making passes. He had only had two points on five shots, which is a problem. But he turned that lack of confidence on the kind of finishing into four assists, and then he also had six rebounds and three blocks. So he did certain things well in this game. That is a reminder. He's a skilled guy. And while it's not something that makes sense with their current alignment, Pachulia could be a compelling piece if the Warriors ever did really try a true bench lineup when they're going to use more of the death lineup. So basically a five-man lineup that does not include Curry, Clay, Andre, Durant, and Draymond. Pachulia might be the center in that. You could go JaVale too, but Pachulia West or Looney if he's doing really well, and then some of the other guys could could work. Maybe you do Living, maybe it's Livingston, McCaw, Clark, and then two of the bigs. So that Pachulia's passing could help that unit out. And you know he has he has a little bit of a jump shot more than McGee. I I, I trust his jump shot a little bit more than McGee, though that's you know a very very low bar at this point in their re- respective careers. But all in all, this was a Warriors game that that happens from from time to time where both teams are a little bit flat and the better team wins. Better team in this game was the Golden State Warriors. So I'll I'll kind of end this as I started it with a little a little bit of audio from Steve Kerr. But thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. How did you guys play after that, that incident? Uh, it was one of the worst basketball games I've ever seen in my life. We were off, we were awful, and they were awful. And the people who bought tickets uh, should get their money back. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a joke. It was a horrible basketball game.